0: Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, welcome to this Tuesday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore penguins. So the Penguins have a pretty pathetic showing tonight against the Washington Capitals. They lose three to one. Um, that's it was just it was that bad. You know, we're gonna get all into it. For this episode, but before we do that, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So, you know, where do I start for this game? I I guess, you know, from the beginning, I thought the Penguins were dominant for the first 10 minutes. um, Firing pucks on net like it was no tomorrow. The power plays at the beginning were awesome. They had a 5-on-3 for, I think, 21 seconds. Crosby hit the post on that, I think was a redirect. And then misses a tap-in on a 5-on-4 that he hit it's 9.9 out of 10 times. I mean, you almost never see Crosby miss those kind of tap-ins when he misses those kind of tap-ins guys. It's, it's going to be a bad night. It's just, it's never going to be a good night when Sidney Crosby, uh, misses easy tap-ins that he scores 99% of the time. So, um, after that, it just went all to hell. Um, I will also say, just to get the positives out of the way before I go on to some ranting and some negatives, Tristan Jari, I thought he actually had a stellar performance tonight. 39 saves on 42 shots. I think that's good for some 930 goaltending or something like that. He was not the reason they lost. I know people are going to say, you know, they're giving up three goals a game. And and yes, that is bad, but I'm going to blame more of the defense on that. And we're going to get to that in just a second. Um, Jari really didn't have any chance on those three goals. They were basically just wide open nets for all three Caps goals, I would say, especially the third one from Eller had no chance, and then even the Verona one, great shot, and even for the, um, oh yeah, of course, former Penguin Connor Sherry gets a goal, one's in a blue moon, that was a nice shot too, I don't really think Jari had a chance on that, but I mean, they were outshot what, 42-27 overall for the game, basically spent the entire second period shorthanded or basically over half of it or something like that. You're, you're not, they don't have a chance to come back if you're just going to keep taking penalties. It was just P.O. Joseph, I think, took two. Uh, Mike Matheson had a really stupid penalty in that second period. I don't know why he decided to barrel into the goalie like that. It looked like at the start that he was pushed into him by Orlov, but then after watching the replay, it was like, okay, no, he did that on his own. Like, um, I think it was Hathaway in the first period, which gave the Penguins that um, five on three for 21 seconds. But it was just like, they can't they couldn't get out of their own way. And Brandon Tanev had a really big opportunity in that second period to tie the game. Just could he just I think he came in way too quick on that breakaway. And I just don't think he realized it. And then he didn't really have a lot of time to just make his move or his deke there. And you know, it almost squibbled in after just because I don't think Vanacek knew where it was. But, you know, I just think Tana needed to slow down a little bit, work, just focus on the deke, and I think he would have had him, or just almost he shot at glove side or wherever he wanted to go. I think that probably would have just been better instead of just barreling in like a freaking lightning bolt there. Um, but, yeah, overall, you know, just pretty pathetic performance. Like I said, the positive, of course, was Jari. I thought he was solid. Um You know, another positive, Zach Aston Reese gets his third goal of the season in three games. He's on pace for a goal per game right now. So, guys, we may see Zach Aston Reese win the Rocket Richard this year. So, you know, golf claps for that. No, I'm just kidding, obviously. But, uh, you know, there's a problem when... He already has three goals in three games and has two more 5v5 goals than Crosby and Malkin combined. I got that from 404 response code. 404 response code notice CK on Twitter. Um that's that's a pretty big issue. Um the fact that he has two more 5v5 goals than the two-headed monster. Um, and we're what, 14 games in the season? It's pretty pathetic if you ask me, but I really like watching him play. Um, Just fits on that line with uh, Bluger and Tanev. So uh, I'm really hoping, I'm just really excited to see what else he can do for the rest of the season. You know, let's get into some of the negative. Um, We'll start with the fourth line. Um, Obviously, the fourth line is the Jankowski line. Some people were a little confused on Twitter. You know, one of my best friends, of course. But it is the Jankowski line. That line is unplayable. When a quarter of your roster, your forward roster, is unplayable, you have some issues. Ron Hextall has to go out and acquire two players, I think, to fill out that line to play with Jared McCann when he comes back. I look at a team like Nashville. They're selling probably at the deadline. They're not going to make the playoffs. You have Mikhail Gramlin who's on an expiring contract, Eric Holla who's on an expiring contract. Make a deal for both of those two players. Send someone out or a couple pieces out. Bring them in and have them play with Jared McCann on that line. You actually will have a serviceable third or fourth line, and then you can have the Astromes-Bluger-Tanev line eat up however many minutes you want while also playing the McCann line a bunch of minutes as well. That's the big thing here. McCann needs to play with talented players when he comes back. Sam Lafferty is terrible. I don't know why so many people have decided to tout him every single season. It's just like... He does nothing well. Offensively he contributes absolutely zero things. Defensively, he's a tire fire in his own zone, constantly turning the puck over. You know, I hear all this from some of the people in the Penguins media and just some of the fans. Oh my god, guys, he's having a great training camp. He's really going to break out. He's having a great practice. He's looking great in the in the scrimmages and all that. Yeah. How do, how is that translated over to this season? I don't even think he scored a goal yet this year for the Penguins. He's been that bad. I know he had some stretches last season where He actually looked decent in that, you know, had some people believe, oh my God, he could be a fourth line player for this team in future years, but... After that, he just was not good. And, you know, even people during the return to play were like, oh, my God, he's looking great in these practices. Why doesn't he get a shot to play? And just, you know, I think he did get a shot to play in game four of that series against Montreal or game three, one of those two games, and he stung. So I just really don't get the Sam Lafferty love. He has not been good this year. I think he's one of the worst players on the team and expected goals for percentage. I was reading that tweet from uh, Shyri Irving, a.k.a. Danny from Penn's blog this morning. I believe he's at the bottom of the list. Um, Also not absolved, Mark Jankowski. He is actually dead last on the Penguins in that expected goals for percentage from Danny that I saw this morning. Um, What a terrible signing that has turned out to be. I know there was zero risk for it. Coming into this season, 700K, who gives a shit if he sucks, you trade him. Um, I think is going to have to do that. Um, he's unplayable right now. I don't even think he's an NHL player right now, to be honest with you guys. I know he had those two good seasons of the Flames fire to this past season. But these last couple of seasons, it, it, he's just been bad. And I think he's been worse this season than he was last season with Calgary. He was great in those first two games in Philadelphia. After that, these last 12 games has been a total no-show. Um, I think it was the opening goal tonight with the Connor Sherry goal um, when I was I was kind of half paying attention, kind of half not. I was doing something on my phone, and then all of a sudden I look up, I see that the score is like, oh, which line was on the ice? Of course, it's the Jan Kalski line because they're on the ice, it seems like, for every goal against this season. Um, those two players have been bad. Colton Sevier, again, I think he's unplayable too. Outside of a goal, outside of a goal against Washington, I think a couple of times has not done a thing this year. Could definitely see Ron Hextall, uh, giving him the ax throughout the trade deadline. And yeah, I mean, that's, I think the biggest weakness outside of maybe the goaltending for this team. They need to go out and get one to two players, preferably two, to play on a line with Jared McCann, so that they can roll out four lines. You're not going to win a Stanley Cup. Hell, you're not even going to make the playoffs if you're just going to be running three lines every single game. It's just not going to work like that. Um, other stuff to take out of this game: the second line, Gino, again, another horrendous performance. Um, you know, I just, I'm just gonna wait until he actually breaks out of it before I really start commenting on it. Um, just wasn't there offensively, wasn't there defensively, took that stupid penalty. That was actually his first penalty of the season. Took him to his 14th game to take a penalty. So a little bit of progress from there with him, with his stupid plays, but just not a great night for him. Kapanen looked a bit off. We haven't really said that a lot about Kasperi Kapanen this year. And then let's get to the Jason Zucker situation, because a lot of people have been talking about him um, on Penguins Twitter the last couple of games. Um, has he been bad this season? Yes, I, I, I will say that. Um, it, it, has he? I saw someone say he's kind of being like the Derek Broussard when that trade happened. I don't necessarily agree with that. Last season was basically a, a point-per-game player, was one of their best players in return to play. And then this season, yes, he has looked lost, I would say, for about seven to eight games. Um, what they could do with him, maybe a bump him up, maybe a bump him down. He's obviously not himself right now. Some people have also said he could be traded. I 100% disagree with that. I would not trade Jason Zucker. I honestly trust him to get out of it. But, I mean, maybe you go Zucker, Crosby, Rust. Maybe Then you go Gensel, Malkin, Kapanen. I don't know. But just Zucker is just not himself right now. And maybe part of it has to do with playing with Malkin. Maybe if you put him up with Sidney Crosby, it, he would do better. But that Gensel, Crosby, Rust line has been so good this season that I just don't think they're going to break it up. So, I don't really know what you do with Zucker um, it's just his, his level of play has obviously dropped quite a bit. Um, I still would have made that trade 10 out of 10 times, um, but yeah, it's I definitely agree that he has not been the same as he was last year. And his his, his level of play for most of the season has dropped significantly from where it was last year. But okay, there's still a ton to get to for this episode. The listener takeaways, we're going to talk some Crystal Tank stuff, some more defense talk. But before we do get to that, it is time to talk about RockAuto.com. It's a family business started auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts with hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog on the site is unique and very easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. You can go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And you can write Locked On in there How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore penguins. So let's get into the crystal Tang stuff. Um, I've been saying it now for the last week or so. Um, I'm, You guys are probably tired of me saying it. Um, I, I have always been one of Chris Tang's biggest supporters. Um, I, I, he's the franchise's best defenseman in their history. I know Paul Coffey played here, but it was only for a few years in terms of franchise defenseman. Um, no one has been better than crystal Tang, but he has lost his debt. I mean, tonight was another horrendous performance from him. It's, it's, it's a very alarming trend, I would say, and and if this happens throughout the rest of the season, and there's a real possibility that could happen, um, I would not be surprised if Ron Hextall and Brian Burke decide to trade him this off season. I really would not be surprised of it. In fact, you know, I could be leaning towards maybe doing it just because of getting the money off the hook. Because I mean, if this is the way he's going to age, the Penguins are going to be stuck for at least one more year of that. I still think he's a very I shouldn't say. Well, he's a great defenseman. I think is the way to say it. But he has lost his step. And remember, guys, his body's been through so much. Guy had a stroke at basically 24, 25 years of age. He's been injured every year with so many injuries. Um, like, he's just his body has just been through so much throughout his career. He's sacrificed everything for this organization. It just sucks to see him play like this because of what he's done for this team. You know, his 2016 Stanley Cup playoff run was one of the best performances I've ever seen from any win player that I've ever watched. I mean, honestly, probably should have won the Conn Smythe that year, but it's just real rough watching him right now. Um, the, his play on that uh, third goal from Eller, really don't know what he's doing there, just looked lost, out of position. He's not covering him, um, Eller at all. Eller just has a wide open look in front of Jari, and he makes him pay. Uh, Petterson was basically on him. I'm not going to blame Petterson for that, but Latang cheated over to that sign and it was like you got to cover the guy who's c- cutting to the front of the net and has a wide open look in front of Jari. And Latang didn't do that, and I you know he was also ca- kind of turning the puck over a bit at times. It's just it's just not been good a good per- uh, season for Latang so far. I was about to say performance, but he's just had a lot of performances that have been terrible. I would say this year, um, you know. What's What other things can I say about Crystal Tang? You know, I said it on my last episode. If you guys didn't hear it, I'm going to say this as well. The people, his detractors are going to keep saying to everyone, oh my God, like, well, we were right. Like, he was always terrible, overrated, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, no, he wasn't. Look at the data. Look at his underlying numbers. You watch the games from 2012 to 2017. He was one of the best defensemen in the game. There were not five defensemen in the league that were better than him throughout those seasons. I will die on that hill. Top 10 at the very least. But for me, he was a top five defenseman through those five to six years, 110%. Um, I know he can make a lot of really stupid mistakes, but the good far outweighed the bad during that. It's just for this year, the bad has far outweighed the good. So I'm really hoping he turns it around. But from how he's played so far, he's definitely lost a big step from where he was. And it's just he's trending in the wrong direction right now for this team. But, you know, those are basically my thoughts on the Chris, on Chris Letang from tonight's performance. I saw a great tweet from Jason, um, J underscore A155. I'm going to have him hopefully on the podcast here at some point. He's a great follow on Penguins Twitter if you guys are not following him. has great memes. Uh, has really good takes about the team. You know, basically just said, you know, the good fourth line is elevated to serving as the third line because a quarter of the forwards aren't real NHL players. Couple that with the second line not generating any any chances. And you have long stretches of garbage hockey. And, yeah, I mean, that was basically the story of tonight. I mean, especially in the second period weren't generating anything and I know it's hard to generate scoring chances when you're shorthanded the entire time but even in the third period when there was a chance for a comeback well you know in the first minute they weren't generating a lot of anything it just looked like they were very disinterested I know the game could have been different with an early goal from the Penguins on the power play where they hit two posts um and I will say the power play did look good when it was on the ice it's another encouraging performance from the Penguins power play Again, you know, baby steps. I know they scored that goal that last game, but in the chances that they had tonight, they're moving the puck better. They're getting some prime scoring chances. You know, the said had two wonderful chances that somehow did not go in because he usually scores on those nine out of ten times. But it just the power play it just looks more insane. The penalty kill, um, I think, held the Capitals to 0 for five tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Through these two games, one for nine. I mean, that's one of the best power plays in the league. I know it's it's actually ranked number one right now, if I'm not mistaken. So um, Penguins PK starting. To turn a corner a little bit, so a couple more positives. I already touched on Jari, Zach aston Reese. Outside of that, though, guys, there's just nothing really to take out of this game other than virtually every other player played like crap. Um, That happens sometimes. I'm not going to blame the goaltending. Should the goaltending be better this season? Yes, but Tristan Jari was keeping them in this game when the Capitals were just Shitting on them in the second period. I think at one point they were being outshot 15 to three for that period. It was just that it was how much the Penguins were being hemmed in their own zone. And if you look at natural stat trick on, on the heat maps um, for the Penguins attempts, they were generating basically nothing from the front of the net. Um, and this was, I think, right as the third period was going to start. This was through two periods. Their best chance basically came from the the, the center point, had some chances um, before the face-off circles, but just nothing from like 10 feet out. There were just not a lot of high danger chances for the Penguins tonight. And if you're not generating anything from the front of the net, I mean, you're basically just going to lose every single time. And another thing before we do get to another commercial break, Um, this team is going to have to win regulation games over these next couple of weeks heading into March or they will be up a creek for the rest of the season. You play the Islanders two more times this week at PPG Paints Arena. Those have to be regulation wins with how just... With where the standings are right now, I mean the Islanders are a few points clear of the Penguins. If you win, the, if the Penguins win those two games, I think they leap the Islanders. If I'm not mistaken, you have to win them in regulation. Then they get the Capitals the next week at Verizon Center or uh, whatever it's called now. I always used to be calling it the Verizon Center because I've been there so many times. But you have to win those games, and then I think they play the Islanders again as February comes to a close. It's just. They, they have to win these games. You cannot be winning these games in overtime. I think now I saw this very um, disturbing stat from Adam Gretz, who uh, does work for uh, Penn's blog and Pro Hockey Talk. If I'm not mistaken, um, they have the Penguins have only won um, six games in regulation over their past 29 games played. Um, that is Buffalo Sabres, Sabres level bad. Uh, that's just unacceptable for this team with this much talent. Um, you know, he even in his follow tweet. I mean, it almost seems like they were doing that in two thousand three and two thousand four, where they were just openly tanking for Sidney Crosby um, with a team this talented, this this good. Um, that you shouldn't. They should not have six regulation wins in the last twenty nine games. That is just totally unacceptable. But. Um, That's just where this team is at this point. Um, They need to play a lot better defensively and just a lot better overall um, on Thursday game against the Islanders if they do want to make the playoffs. Because right now, guys, they may not even make the playoffs. If you were to tell me today that the Penguins would miss the playoffs, I would potentially believe you just because of the way they played for so much of this season. And these next two weeks are critical. Like I said, if they don't win a lot of these games of regulation over these two teams, um, they will they will be up a creek in March that that's for sure. But before we do get to the next segment for the listener takeaways, it is time to talk about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards and TV shows. It has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up for. It. You can head to the website BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device. Sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code Locked On. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. I'm your host Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. So all this show's Twitter at lo underscore Penguins. So let's get to some quick um, post game takeaways, the listener takeaways. I love this segment. I appreciate you guys always sending these in. Frytime says. Jari looked solid with little help. Somehow the Penguins look slower than the Capitals and that fourth line doesn't look like it belongs. 100% agree with you. I mean, Jari, I just felt bad for him the whole night because he was basically what, 930 for the game and was giving the Penguins a chance to at least tie the game. But I mean, when you're giving up so many high danger chances and leaving guys wide open in front of him in prime scoring areas, he just he can't make every save. You're asking the impossible. Um, and yeah, the Penguins look slower than the Capitals and they're obviously the oldest team in the I mean, this is a capital scene that the Penguins have skated circles around in the previous three meetings um, with E. So tonight was definitely a weird step back in that regard. And yeah, man, I mean, the fourth line, it's basically an AHL line at this point. its It's that bad. Um, Alan T. Yoder says, have to wonder about how the game plays out if the Penguins have that puck luck in the first period. Other than that, it felt a lot like the earlier games of the season. At least the PK was good and Jari to an extent. It's disappointing considering the last two games felt like they were starting to heat up. Yeah, man, it really is disappointing, especially after these last two games. The Islanders game. I thought they outplayed them. I thought they outplayed the Islanders in both of those games. They should have won both of them, if we're being honest. Then the Washington game, they were the better team throughout that entire game. Um, On Sunday and then tonight, right when it looks like they're turning a corner, you know, they're going to maybe get to eight and five and one. They just put down this performance and it's just a load of crap. So yeah, I hear you on that. It could have been definitely been a much different game. if The Penguins don't hit two posts in the first period. Um, Gilbert, the goat says it's pathetic. They didn't show up at all. Latang was awful as well as the entire fourth line. Some positive, positives though, being Jari looked better and the third line still looks good. They really need to win these upcoming games against the Islanders. They are huge in my opinion. Yeah, man, I agree 100% with you. The Islanders won, especially as the standings are so close in this East division. You can't afford to be winning these games in overtime or shootout. You have to get the two points and just either tie them or leapfrog them and just sweep these couplets here. You can't just be, you know, just splitting them you have to get four points to zero or you know three to one or something like that you can't just be you know splitting two to two or something like that it's just it won't work if this team wants to make the playoffs again I agree with you with Latang. talked about Jari um, he also that the top six need to start putting the puck into the net they aren't going to make the playoffs if they keep this up I'm super frustrated right now I can't emphasize how big the rest of this month is against the Islanders and the Caps I would get into Gino and Zucker but I can't right now yeah man I mean I try to get into Gino as much as I can I feel like I've talked about. It um, more than any other player on this podcast this season. Um, Jason Zucker, I haven't spent as much time on just because I haven't found him to be one of the bigger issues. But, you know, his play has been a bit more alarming as of late. But there's just, I think, bigger issues than Zucker right now for this team. He definitely needs to be better, but I don't think he's on the high list of issues. Um, that's for sure. I mean, I think the top line is great, though, man. I mean, at least they were creating scoring chances virtually all game long. It's one of the best lines in hockey. But the second line, I do agree, Gilbert. They need to start putting the puck into the net hopefully Kapanen wakes up I mean I shouldn't even say hopefully Kapanen wakes up because I think he's been one of their better players but he's definitely been a little bit more of a ghost these last couple of games but none other than Evgeny Malkin who's just been I think a ghost all year but yeah they have to win these games against the Avernors and the Capitals these next couple weeks heading into March um last but not least before we do end this podcast um Mr. No-no says, We finally have a decent start. Too bad the post got on the way. Need to stay out of the box. Then we got back to not shooting the puck. The PK was great. Put some pressure on the puck and good things happened. Tristan is coming around. Sucker and Malkin are disappointing. Fourth and second line need help. Yeah, I mean, you're basically echoing a lot of what the listeners and I are saying. I mean, they had a great start for those first 10 minutes. They were dominating Washington in the shots department. Underlying numbers looked good. And then after that, it was just a total shit show. I mean, they took way too many penalties. And like you said, the PK, I think, is starting to turn a corner. It was almost dead last in the league heading into these last couple of games, though it has been better as of late, and that's against the number one power play in hockey. And yeah, I mean, Jari, again, that's the second straight performance that he's played well in. Uh, I'm not even, like I said, I'm not going to say it was bad tonight. It was not the reason they lost. When you're shot 42-27, nothing's going to work. And yeah, man, Zucker and Malkin, I did, I touched on that so much this episode. I don't think I can touch on it anymore. I um, appreciate you guys always sending these in. It's always fun to interact with you all. And I can't wait to do more of that coming up um, on Thursday's game against the Islanders. Well, we will have another episode tomorrow. I may try to bring on a special guest for it, but uh, we'll have another episode coming up on Wednesday. Then Thursday, I will recap the game against the Islanders, and then Friday, I will preview uh, the next game against New York on Saturday. I think that's the schedule, at least. Hopefully, the schedule doesn't cuck me again and just think it's Thursday to Sunday. or I hope I think it's a Thursday to Saturday, but I'll double-check on that. But thank you guys so much for listening to this episode, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.